0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Welcome. My name is Keith Oglesby. I'm a professor at Liberty University. That's what I do now. But actually, I'm a camp director, so I'm like in my wheelhouse. I'm super at home at camp. I just want to start off by saying I admire you and I respect you so much for taking a weekend out of your crazy busy schedule, fighting the snow, fighting all the paperwork, fighting everything you have to do to get here. I know that as a teenager, your time is valuable. I value your time. I know you value your time. I know some of you are already looking at your watch and I haven't even gotten to a story yet. That's kind of a bad thing, you know, but I'm super excited to be with you. Um, This is my role this weekend. My role is to try to challenge you to think differently. Let me just say that again cuz it's an easy goal. My goal is to challenge you to think differently. What do I mean by that? What I mean is this book that we're going to study, it should come with a warning label. You know we have to put warning labels on everything. If they put a warning label on Advil, did you know that? Claritin, Advil, like this book should say warning Spending large amounts of time in this book will forever transform your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you actually use this book and apply it, your life will never be the same. The problem is, we don't. We either don't read it, or we don't apply it. And both of those are a problem for us. And so this weekend, I'm just going to challenge you a little bit. I'm going to tell you a few stories. I'm gonna, um, tonight you don't have a small group time, but tomorrow you have a small group time. So we get to have your small group time while I talk. Tonight it's a two-for-one. We like that, right? Because I value your time. So we'll get to do both of those things. So we all come here tonight from different walks of life. Everybody here tonight has a story. Everybody here has a crazy thing going on in their life. Some of you uh, have a relationship with Christ. You've had it since you were in kindergarten. Some of you have a new relationship with Christ. Some of you are investigating Christ. Some of you may not have a relationship with Christ. Some of you have a relationship with Christ, but you're in a, a, a desperate time right now. You're in a desert. You've got things going on in your life. You may have hidden sin in your life. I didn't come here to bring all of that. God brought you here and he brought me here. Because God, which we're going to talk about tonight, is sovereign. And what that means is, he's unchanging. How awesome is that? We live in a world of change. We live in a world of change all the time. Let's just talk about cell phones. Does anybody have an old tire like a way back? Does anybody even have an eight anymore? I mean, are y'all just on iPhone 10s now? You know what I'm saying? Like, we live in a world of change. I mean, if I whipped out, I should have done this. I just didn't think about it soon enough. But what if I whipped out like a cassette tape tonight? Raise your hand if you know what a cassette tape is. Oh, wow, look at you guys. I know. Now, that's that archaic thing, you know, that's like in the preschools today or whatever. You don't even have it on there. All right. Then you went from the the 8-track tape. There was a big modern technology advance. We went all the way from the cassette tape to the what? CDs. Oh, yeah, we thought we had it. You could get the little changer, all five of them. You could do it, all the thing. You didn't even have to get up anymore and go. You could just like get your remote, like, you know, like you got your CD. How many of you have a computer now or a tablet now that has no CD-ROM, no CD player at all? How many of you? Yeah, Like, like now I have an eighth grader, and I was like, well, you just watch a movie on this way. It's like, Well, I don't know with the snow and everything. We have to have Netflix. I mean, well, I I didn't like. You thought I brought a DVD, Dad? Where are you? I mean, you know, are we going to Mayberry? Is this like the '50s? What are we doing here? You know, like, like things change. We live in a world that changes, but there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's God. That's His sovereignty. Like the God of the universe created all things, and He created all things with a purpose and we're going to be looking at this little verse right here in Isaiah this week and oh my thing might have went off I set it down too long and we're going to be looking right here at this verse wait I'm the next one here we go Isaiah 61 1 we're going to look at three verses in Isaiah 61 so that's good news for you because we're going to stick right there now we'll supplement it with a few scriptures maybe 50 60 70 each night Just kidding. Some of you are like, no, I might say a lot of real fast, but we're going to look at this first sentence tonight. I know you like that. This first sentence, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. This is Isaiah. Isaiah saw this vision of the Lord. And in fact, it's in Isaiah chapter 6. He's a prophet. He's called and commissioned by God to send a message. That's what the prophets did. The prophets had a message directly from God, and then they went to deliver that. They went to deliver it to a person, a group of people. Like some prophets, Nathan went to confront David individually. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel went to a group of people who were worshiping false gods and, and bowing down to false gods. And they, the prophets were sent with a message. And their message, by and large, was turn back, come back to God. Maybe that's Isaiah's message for you this weekend. Is it time for you To come back to God, because see, in God's sovereignty, He brought me here. Here, let me tell you a quick week about a a, a quick story about a week of my life as a way of introduction. I built camps in Houston, Texas. Does anybody know what our theme is this week? What is our theme? Anybody know? Beauty from what? Ashes. Let me tell you about one week in my life. The week of July the twenty fourth through the twenty seventh in nineteen ninety eight. I lived in Houston, Texas. My wife and I had lived there for nine years, and we were going to build this huge, big, non-denominational Christian sports camp like RVR right outside of the city of Houston. I've been working with a group of investors for about 18 months. We'd raised $4 million. We had purchased property. We had architecture plans and renderings. We had everything set up to start construction in the next 30 days. So I've been working on a project for two years. We're about to build this camp. I go into a board meeting on Tuesday, July the 24th, unveiling the 30-day plan. We're about to break ground. This is like my whole life. I was like, man, I'm going to start a camp. We're going to build a camp. I was thinking, look at what the Lord is doing. We're going to be able to share the gospel with thousands and thousands of teenagers. I go into this board meeting, and I have all the plans, everything. I mean, blueprints, architects, the whole shebang. I walk into this meeting. And instead of all 12 board guys being there, there's only one guy, the chairman. And I'm thinking, maybe I didn't get the memo. What's going on? Like, this is because these are pretty big meetings. We only meet once every three months. It's a big meeting. And I go in there, and the chairman says, Hey, KO, I just wanted to let you know, the board has met, and we've decided to terminate the project. We are not going to build the camp. I've been working on this project, helping raise $4 million, casting the vision of how this camp was going to change lives and how amazing this could be and how incredible it was going to be. I had no explanation. I wasn't given an explanation. We've decided to terminate the project. Before I started working for these businessmen, I was a principal of a Christian school in Houston for nine years. In July, late July, like the 24th, You don't have a lot of people looking for school principals, coaches, teachers, superintendents that late. That was on Tuesday. Andy said, I was driving about an hour and a half from Houston to this property every day. So one of the board members was a general manager of an automobile dealership. And they had given me a Ford Expedition to go back and forth every day like a program car. And I would turn it in like every two weeks, but I would use it, turn it in for two weeks, use it. And he said, by the way, if you could drop your expedition off on your way home. And I said, well, since I didn't know I wasn't going to have a job anymore like 20 minutes ago, I might need till tomorrow to do that. So I turned in our car On Wednesday. On Thursday, I came home to our house. And when I came home to our house, we were renting a home because we knew we were going to be moving to camp and we were going to have a home there. And we were renting our home from a management company and they owned about 200 homes all over Houston, Texas. And when we came home on Thursday... We were locked out of our house because we had been paying every single month our lease and our mortgage. We had been making our payment, but a lot of those 200 properties were empty. They were vacated. No one was living in them. So they were taking the few people who would pay and they were one at a time selectively paying these different people and they weren't paying on our house. So we were locked out of our house. At this time, I had three children under three in diapers. We're locked out of our house. I still have three children, but they're that close. They're still eighteen months apart. I still have all. There's like, what happened to your children? That's not. We're that's not where we're going tonight. All right, all right. But, okay. So that is Thursday. Wednesday, I lose my job. I'm sorry. Tuesday, I lose my job. Wednesday, I have to turn in the car. Thursday, we're locked out of our house. Friday, in a hotel room, because we don't have a house, my wife miscarried our fourth child. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know what it feels like to have your life in ashes. I know when you're like, Lord, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to build a camp not for myself so we can share that gospel, so we can proclaim your word. I'm trying to, to do this not for self. I'm like working as a principal so that we can build a camp, so that we can build relations, to do these things. And this is what one week of my life looked like. Fast forward. I became a youth pastor, did a few things. I, I'm gonna skip that part for the sake of time tonight because I do know what time it is and it's Friday night, it's opening night. But let me just say this. One year later, I met a physician in Houston, Texas, who said, I really, really want to build a camp for the city of Houston. Do you know what I told him? He came, he said, I want you to do it. I had a business plan, I had architecture, I had everything, I had like everything to just push play, like push play the music. Like, Build camp. Have camp. Will do. Here we go. You know what I told him? I said, I don't think you have enough money. He did not like that because he had a lot of money. Like jets and stuff. You know what I'm saying? He had a lot of shiny things. All right. And I literally told him. Long story short. Took us 18 months. We found property. We built a camp. Nine months later, we opened that camp. He and I which now has 14,000 summer campers. We were there for 15 years. We had 250,000 campers. Over 25,000 kids made first-time professions of faith, not counting families that were here, father-son retreats, people that were delivered from addictions, pornography, cutting, all those things. And today, the ashes from one week in my life Turn to the beauty that God had planned all along. But you know what? It was not the way K.O. drew it up. It was not the way I had envisioned it. It was not what I thought was going to happen. So when you look at your life. When you put your life under the microscope. And you say, God, I am trying to follow you. I am trying to be faithful. God, I want to. And fill in that blank. But I have this going on. Or this going on. Or this in my family. Or this is going on. Or whatever. Let me tell you something. God is sovereign. Sovereign means unchanging. There's three things that we know about God and the word of being sovereign. Number one is, oh, so sorry, what happened? There we go. He has a set plan. God's plan is in motion. The second thing is, he has ultimate authority. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. He has authority and jurisdiction on the things above the earth, things on earth and things below the earth. I really wish I could develop that tonight for you. And he is unchanging. God is faithful. He will never not be faithful. God is love. He will not be unloving. Now, he'll be just because if you have false gods before him, he will obey. He, he will be uh, honoring to his own word. Okay? But he, but, well, let me just say this. He is love. It's not something he does. It's something he is. Right? He is sovereign. So how do we know He's sovereign? Let's look at it real quick. Creation. Right? He spoke and things happened. I mean, He said, let there be light in 186,000 miles per second. Here came light. It proceeded out of the mouth of God. You know, He didn't create fish before He had an ocean to put them in. He's a God of order and of logic. He, he's a God that, that when He put things in motion, when, when we see... In fact, it says in Romans 1.20 that creation is His first missionary. Like when we look, at the, we look at the snow, we look at the mountains, we look at the sunset, we look like all of that points to a divine creator. You might be here tonight saying, well, I don't really believe he created all that. I believe in the Big Bang. I'm not going to put holes in all that theory, although I can do it in two minutes or less. I can do that another time if you want. Just see me other thing, but I can make you feel that. But creation. So let's go from creation to the Old Testament. Look at how faithful he delivered unfaithful people over and over and over and over and over. Throughout the entire Old Testament. His sovereignty to lead people who continually turned their back on him. Who worshipped false gods and went other ways. Look at the prophets like Isaiah that we're reading now. That God said there's going to be this Messiah. The Messiah is coming. Repent. Turn. Turn from the sin that you're entrapped in now. Jesus So let me ask you something. When did God, in his sovereignty, his unchanging, all authority, his set plan, when did God know he was going to have to send Jesus here to the earth? This is when he knew. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. When he leaned down into the sand. And he picked up the sand of the earth. And it's flowing through his hand. And he said. Let us make man in our image. Male and female he created them. When God created us. He knew in his sovereignty. That it was going to require. The death of his one and only Son, because we were going to disobey as Adam and Eve did, and sin was going to enter the world. He didn't just wake up in Matthew in the New Testament and go, oh man, the whole world's going to chaos. What do I get? Oh, I'll send Jesus. He knew in Genesis the price he was going to have to pay to turn our ashes into beauty. And he chose out of his great love for us, to create us anyway and to bring to us. What about the sovereignty of Jesus? He's born. anybody remember this is this is a no-brainer, this is softball, this is like easy, fast pitch. Can anybody name any one of the three gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus? Anybody name one of them? What? Yes. Myrrh. Myrrh. That's right. You just went straight to it, didn't you? Why? Why did they bring myrrh? You know the answer, so you probably know that too. Why? Uh, Because they they needed to bring a gift. Does anybody know what myrrh is? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? What's myrrh? Yes. It's a funeral spice. It's used for embalming the body. Why in the world... Would you bring this beautiful, amazing, incredible infant child, this embalming fluid for death as a, oh, wow, you know, that's like the new Pate Manning commercials, you know, are like, look, a baby shower, let's give them life insurance. You know, it's like, like, why do you bring myrrh to this beautiful baby? Because it represented, ultimately, the purpose in God's sovereignty, unchanging, set forth will. That the goal, the mission of this one and only son ultimately was going to be the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so after that, we have the disciples. Okay? And the sovereignty. They were picked. Do you think they had any idea when Jesus walked up and said, Peter, James, and John, drop your nets and follow me? Do you think they had any idea what they were in for? No way. Because the Bible says immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. They thought, like, let's go have lunch, or let's see what he wants to say, or, man, do you see all those fish he brought in? Two boats, we'll get rich. Let's go with that guy. They had no idea what the next 18 months of their life was going to look like, and then after the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is going to look like, and then after the 40 days when he appeared, and he appeared to them in the upper room, he appeared to them on the seashore when he reinstated Peter, when he appeared to them, when he came into the room, and he transited one time with Doubting Thomas, one time without Doubting Thomas, they had no idea that when he ascended and said, go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'll be with you till the very end of the age, they had no idea that then they were going to be, that the gospel itself was going to be entrusted to them, they he would say in Acts that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Like, what the heck is the Holy Spirit? Well, oh my gosh, here it comes. The tires, fun, I mean, the fires, the tongues, everything coming in. The Holy Spirit comes. In the entire Old Testament, they were led by smoke. Well, that's okay. Led by fire. Oh, that's good. The, the disciples, they had Jesus. Like, we got Jesus. Jesus our man. Like, Jesus. Da, 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 Jesus! You know what I'm saying? Like, they had Jesus. But now, he ascends, goes to the right hand of the throne of God, and here comes this Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God, outside. Jesus, outside. Holy Spirit comes, uh uh-oh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, a twilight zone, inside, the indwelling of the most high God, in his sovereignty, yeah, like all those guys we're going to meet in heaven, do you ever think about this, do you ever think about like in heaven, what that's going to be like, like think about in heaven, when we walk on the streets of gold in the crystal sea, think about, hey man, I'm going to just sit down with Paul and say, dude, you rocked my face off when I was down there, I mean, all that, like, Sheep wrecked, I mean shipwrecked, beaten with rods, all that stuff you went through. You know what Paul's going to say to you? Dude, what was it like down there on earth? When you got to have the presence of the living God live inside of you. Let me tell you something. The God of the universe and his sovereignty created you sent Jesus here for you, and he loves you. Checkmate. Game over. Now, we have free choice. It's called free will. You don't have to believe that. I do not have to believe in gravity, but if I drop this clicker, which makes people in the back really nervous, I'll drop something else next time. Sorry. I think I have some Pin. Yep, they're going to like that. They're like, put down the clicker. All right. All right. How many times if I drop this pin, how many times is it going to go up? How many? How many? How I many is it going to? Why? Because gravity is going to pull it negative 32.2 degrees to the center of the earth every single time I drop it. Every chair that's sitting here. You sitting in here right now. You don't have to believe in gravity. You don't. You don't have to believe in gravity. But it is holding you to this floor right now whether you like it or not. You don't have to believe in Jesus. You literally don't. You have a choice. But there's no historical argument about whether he lived. Because he lived. It's in the census. It's in the historic record. You don't even have to argue whether or not he was crucified. He was crucified. There's historic record. Even the writings of Joseph, even the secular writings say that. The question you have to come to terms with, first of all, is, is he your savior? Do you believe he's God's one and only son? And in that death, which is of historic record, do you believe that he came back to life? Because that's what separates Christianity from all the other world religions. We have a living Savior. He ascended to the right hand of the throne of God, where he's there praying on our behalf. In God's sovereignty, it was not a mistake. God's sovereignty means unchanging, set plan, set forth for our redemption. So some of you might believe that and have him as your savior, which I hope that's what you're going to be here for these next 24, 48 hours. That's what we're be talking about. The next question then becomes, is he your Lord? Because, see, these disciples, they had a decision to make. These disciples, they had to decide, do we really believe now that he's no longer with us? We know that answer is yes, because we're here today. There were 4,000 years From the time that Adam and Eve were created till the arrival of Christ. Then we are now 2,019 years since Christ was here and walked on the planet. There's been 6,019 years that God's sovereign will has been in place. So you could be sitting there as we close. And I know people always like to hear the pastor say that. I'm going to skip that. You're welcome. Even us. And I had Aubrey put it in there for us. Well, we'll just go disciples to Paul. Y'all know Saul, right? Converted to Paul. I mean, surely, you know, like three missionary journeys, wrote 13 of the books of the New Testament. I'm going to skip that for your time because I want to close with this and the return we know is coming. So let's say this. What does God's sovereign plan mean for you this weekend? Let's talk about that. I mean, it's all good that we have the Bible. We all like the Old Testament. It's an oldie but a goodie. We like the New Testament. We like Jesus when we're obeying him. We like Jesus when we know that he died for the forgiveness of our sins. But what does that mean for us? Well, this is what it means for you. Guess what? You're a part of his plan. Part of that death, burial, and resurrection thing, that was for you. That was for your grandparents, and that was for your grandchildren. How about that? You're part of his plan. You say, well, Keo, how do you really know that? I don't really know. Well, it's very simple because he created us in his image. He created us to have relationship with him. You're here, you're alive, you have life and breath, he gave that to you. Your heart is beating, he provided that for you. You're welcome. Some of you haven't told him thank you for that today, but he is every single day. What else do we know? We know Psalms 39, 13, he knits you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. We know that, that he designed you intricately. We know on down in verse 16, your eyes saw my own body. All the days were ordained before one of them came to be. So in Psalms 139, 13 through 16, you're knit together, you're created, and every one of your days was written in his sovereignty. Did you know you were supposed to be born right now? You weren't supposed to be born in the 50s. That'd been kind of cool, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have had technology, but life was a lot simpler. You weren't supposed to be born in biblical times. That was crazy times, man. Taking the lamb and one year and the sacrifice and the blood and the sprinkler and all that stuff. So, I mean, like, whoo, man, that was a bit like that. You weren't supposed to be born in the 80s. That's your parents. I know. Hey, Tracks, the 80s generation. Just makes me want to get on my knee on and our leg warmers. Yeah, and all this stuff. The big oversized stuff. I know. Like 80s day at your school. You don't even know what that is anymore. You know, I, I understand that because you're that you're. A, but you're here right here right now in his sovereignty. Even when you're born, the planet we're sitting on. We're the fourth planet from sun. If you didn't know that, hopefully, if nothing else, the Big Bang Theory. I mean, just watch the first 30 seconds. Right. Watch what you're saying. All right. But what if we were the third planet, right? Burnt ores, we'd be carbon, we'd be done with, we'd be over, right? Well, if we were the fifth planet, Ice Age 14, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, even where we're situated in his, is in his sovereignty. So what does that mean for you? The time you were born in, God ordained. The planet you live in, God ordained. Your height, weight, size, hair color, eye color, God ordained, you can't get away from his sovereignty. That's what it means for you. You're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance, Ephesians 2.10. Which also means if he did that, he has a plan for you, which most of you know, Jeremiah 29.11-13. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I mean, look at all of this factual information about his sovereign will. He's always been enacting this will. You're a part of that will. The question is, are you walking in obedience to it? Uh-oh. You just had to say that, didn't you, KO? Because we're rebellious by nature. I am a camp guy, and I work at the world's largest Christian university. You should see me in class. Like, I, like on, when I first got there, I have a different office now, but when I first got there, the office of the guy right beside me on the right side... He's been studying the events of the resurrection for 30 years. Let me just say that again. The resurrection. See, it's kind of simple in our mind. Like, he was dead, he came back alive. Okay, good. 30 seconds. I can tell you that. 30 years. He's coming out next year in 2020 with a three-volume encyclopedia set on the resurrection. That's the guy on my right. Here I am with hula hoops and kickballs. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy, all right? On my left is one of the major theoretical apologists, the guy that travels around and debates atheists in Ivy League schools. He's one of the Dr. Habermas. He's like, you can look him up. You can Google him when you get because that's what you like to do anyway, Dr. Habermas. Like, just look at all that he's written, all that he's done, or whatever. And then there's me, like in the middle. I was like, do they have a broom closet? Is there a water fountain? I mean, here I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you're like, so here, like. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That plan. And here's the deal. Verse 13. We don't always go to 13. That's why I didn't just put 11 there. Because most of you know 11. Some of you know 11. You got the bumper sticker. You got the deal. Or you might have the, um, what do we have tonight? Not the foam fingers. We have the shoe horns. Okay, right there. All right, so we get the shoe horns. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Has to put your shoe on. Because beautiful are the feet that bring the gospel. The good news. See what I did there. All right, so you will seek me when you find me. When what? You seek me with all your heart. Here it is in a nutshell right here. If you're going to be transformed from ashes. Or an area of your life is going to be transformed from ashes. You have to grab a hold of this simple. But profound truth from God's word. And it's right there. It starts knowing he created you. Genesis 126. Psalm 139. 13-16. Ephesians 2.10. He created you. Not only did he create you. He loves you. How do you know that? Because he sent Jesus here. For you. See. You might be in a condition. Or have something going on. And we're going to talk specifically about those conditions tomorrow morning. But there may be things going on in your life. That you may not be able to control. But God can. And Jesus can give you what you need supernaturally. He sent him here to rescue us, and he has a plan for you. Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim, you ready for this? Good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness the prisoners. There it is. Without Jesus, these are the conditions of ashes for all of us. Brokenhearted. When I went through that week, I was definitely brokenhearted. Captives, people entrapped by sin. We'll talk about that in the morning. People who live in darkness, alone, isolated, away from God. Like the ashy world, that's a tough world. You need more than lotion in the ashy world. You know what I'm saying? All right, you're talking about straight up, you need the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk more about that. But look at the beauty. Because our world focuses on that. The, the nightly news is the ashes. So look at the beauty. He no longer, okay, you don't have to be brokenhearted. He can bring healing. He can take that. He can take that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that situation. Whatever's happened in your life, he can do that. You don't have to be a slave to sin. We just sing it. No longer slave. Oh, no, no that was a staff earlier. No longer a slave to fear. But I am a what? Child, child of God. That's right. But I am a child of God. You don't have to live in darkness. You can be the light of the world. I'll just leave you with this. I don't know where you come here tonight, okay? You might come here tonight. You may know a whole lot about Jesus. You may not know a whole lot about Jesus. You may not have too many things going on in your life. You may not know. Some of you, you need some help. Some of you might have a few things going on in your life. Some of you might have where Jesus has some outlining for you. Like you feel like pretty much that you don't know what's going on or how you can control it. But what we do know is that Jesus will slowly, if you will surrender to Him, He will slowly start to put those things together. Why do we know that? Because we know He's sovereign. We know that God has seen yesterday, today, and tomorrow that God is not going to withhold his wisdom, his healing, his love, his forgiveness. He desires to make you beautiful. God's desires for you to be healed, free and light. It doesn't matter the condition of your heart when you show up here. What matters is the condition of your heart when you leave here. In His sovereignty, you can run from God, but you can't hide. It doesn't matter. You may not believe in the cross yet. That's okay. Keep investigating because it will prove it to itself. I desire in your sovereignty for you to walk in beauty. And it's simple. Give your ashes to Jesus and allow him to transform them into beauty. In 2000, I'm sorry, in 1998, the week of July 24th through the 31st, I was as desperate and as lonely and as broken as I've ever been in my whole life. But through the grace of God and his incredible word, he can restore situations from ashes to his beauty. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for bringing us here this week. We know you're going to teach us some amazing things. And we want to walk um, with you. And God, I pray that tonight you would start, even as we go and have fun and drink milkshakes and sit around by the fire and goof off right now and go play. But I pray as we lay down tonight, as we brush our teeth tonight, that we would reflect a little bit on the sovereignty of God, a God that never changes, a God that's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God, we know that you're writing an amazing story because you tell us in your word you've already done it. So we pray that we'd have the courage to give you the ashes so that we could leave here Sunday with your beauty, restoration, healing, freedom, no longer a slave to fear or to sin but a child of the Most High God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.